You're listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, Episode 3. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Welcome to the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Robert Mackey. And I'm Dr. Valerie Davidson. Thank you for joining us for our third official episode of the Progress Your Health Podcast. When I'm saying that, I actually have this tendency, like I want to say, welcome to the Dr. Rob show, but <laughs> um, that was a long time ago. Now we're you know doing a brand new one. It's great to be doing this with you. I know we did a few episodes on Dr. Rob show, you know, officially, but now we rebranded re- re- it. Now we're, you know, we're here and we're here to stay. So today we're going to talk about adrenal issues. Sometimes the term you might see on the internet or you come across is adrenal fatigue or adrenal insufficiency, but I think it's a little bit more complicated than just, you know, saying adrenal fatigue, but that's the term that everybody knows. Yeah. If you're ever bored and you're online and you want to look up adrenal fatigue, you know, Google in adrenal fatigue, you'll get a whole bunch of information, take it all with a grain of salt, but it's basically the common, you know, the common word is adrenal fatigue. Yeah. Right. And that's based on some work done by Hans Selye. You know, there's like this three phase, you know, the alarm phase, adaptation, exhaustion phase, you know, and I, I think that is a very simplistic way. I think that does play a role in thyroid function, or excuse me, in adrenal function, but I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. And again, a lot of it is somewhat dependent on, you know, people's symptoms, you know, how, what, what they're coming in for fatigue, anxiety, they can't sleep. You know, there's some very classic things that we'll get into that kind of allude to the fact what kind of an adrenal issue they have. Now, really, when we say adrenal issue, we're talking about some very specific hormones. We're talking about cortisol. We're talking about epinephrine. We're talking about norepinephrine. We're talking about DHEA pregnenolone. Some of those you might have heard of, some of those you might not have. Usually everyone that has heard of adrenal fatigue has heard of cortisol, especially when it's in context of weight gain, uh, weight gain around the middle. Everyone is at least somewhat aware of the term cortisol, which is a major metabolic hormone, right? We cannot live without cortisol. Cortisol is vital to our survival on a regular basis. So just, you know, we're, there's so, we could talk for hours on adrenal fatigue and what it is and how it happens in different cases and, you know, all the different hormones, but kind of an, an you know, we're going to keep this to more of an overview, but with the, when you think about it, adrenal fatigue, you know, no one's going to necessarily die from adrenal fatigue. We it's not Cushing's disease. It's not Addison's disease, but it's really more worse. You know, the adrenal glands, there are fight or flight organs. You know, they protect, they protect us from stress. They're supposed to help us respond to stress. If a bear's running at me, you know, your adrenal will kick into gear and it helps me run away and run as fast as I can. And if you think about it, when you are being pursued by a predator or a bear, that bear is either going to get me and eat me in 10 seconds or I'm going to get away. When you think about the lifestyle that we live in now, there's really no bears that are going to chase me and eat me, especially especially in, in the you know the community that I live in. There's no bears anywhere. But if you think about driving across town, or I get a nasty email, or I get a weird phone call, or I have you know just stress in general, or I get a phone call from my mom, you know, or, or you ex- or you exercise five times a week, you know, all that stuff is stressors on your system. But our bodies don't understand 
I'm not going to die from a phone call from my mom, but I am going to die from bear. So it does have, so it responds the same way, whether, or even watching the news or watching a scary movie, our bodies respond the same way as it would be to a bear running at me right now versus I'm watching a political debate on TV. Yeah, right. Yeah. And stress, a lot of times it's based on the perception of the stress, right? Even going to, I know that they have this new kind of virtual reality device thing. This, you know, they've had them out for years. I'm mean, part of the gaming world. You and I are not video game people, but you put a, you know, put this device on your head and it puts you into this, you know, alternate, you know, virtual reality type of thing where you could probably be attacked by a bear in there and your body would go through, you know, that whole fight or flight response that you're talking about is a completely involuntary thing. You know, if you have this device on your head, head that it's not happening for real, but your brain doesn't know any better and it would automatically put you in a response like that. So like you're saying, just the the challenges and the rigors of everyday life, the, you know, take the kids to school, got to go to work, you got deadlines, you got this, you got that, you got a mortgage, you got all these different things that are kind of weighing on your mind all the time. You never really get a break for some of that. Eventually that is going to create not necessarily under-functioning adrenals, but dis- dysfunctional functioning adrenals, right? They're going to start to uh, not perform properly and then symptoms are going to arise as a result of that. Our bodies are not made to run from a predator or a life-threatening situation all the time. 10 seconds, like I said, not 10 minutes, not 10 hours, not 10 weeks. So that's where you see your body will say, well, you know, you're, you're in, you know, completely what you call a sympathetic nervous system. So we have our sympathetic nervous system, our parasympathetic nervous system. Sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight. Parasympathetic nervous system is rest and relaxation and cellular turnover and sleeping and relaxing, digestion. But if you live in a completely sympathetic world, your your adrenals are going to start to manifest and try to evolve to that. Uh, you mentioned about sympathetic, parasympathetic, fight or flight, rest and digest, in some ways how how complicated the 21st century is and what a, what that does to, you know, that part of our body. And while, you know, adrenal fatigue is very commonplace, that's what we call it, that's what everybody knows it at, it's not really that, like you mentioned, it's not really fatigue, it's actually a dysfunction. And one of the main things is the cortisol dysfunction. So in a perfect world, what's supposed to happen in our bodies is when I wake up in the morning, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, is my cortisol is nice and high, and it stays up high for most of the day, and then it comes down at night, and then at night the cortisol comes down, and then I rest and relax and then go to sleep. When your body is under a lot of repetitive stress and even traumas, I see this in people that have had, you know, that have PTSD or have had a had a trauma in the past, is that cortisol diurnal curve gets all wonky, right? Totally different. Yeah, right. So the term adrenal fatigue, like we were talking about, is not necessarily accurate enough. Adrenal dysfunction, or we'll get into another term here in a minute, is a little bit more of a descriptor because it's not necessarily all, you know that your thyroid is automatically low. It is just shifted. It just shifted in in some respects. A very classic representation of that is how many people wake up and they just feel amazing in the morning, right? A Monday morning, you got to go to work. I mean, do you feel like a million dollars? No, people. That's why they need a couple of cups of coffee or whatever to get their to get their you know their their uh, cortisol up, their cortisol right? up, their catecholamines, the epinephrine, norepinephrine, dopamine. Um, they have to get those things to get their the cobwebs out and get them functioning well. Then on the other side of that, that's also where people start having some sleep issues. They can't shut the power off, and now it's 
you know, eight, nine o'clock and they're ready to go, you know, they're all- Because their cortisol comes up. Yeah. Because their cortisol is too high at night and not high enough in the morning. And that's what we call a reverse diurnal curve. It's the opposite of what it's supposed to be. And a lot of, uh, probably the majority, maybe not majority, but a good number of the sleep issues that we see with people is actually related to that. Uh, not to mention, you know, what, what would be, what would be another, you know, we're probably on the same wavelength here. What would be another classic adrenal related symptom that people have? Well, when that court, so let's say, like you mentioned, the cortisol is low in the morning. So it's very hard for people to get up or they have to drink their coffee and, and, and wake up, but the cortisol will come up in the evening time. So then you kind of get the second wind, but that's also when we get hungry. So I talk to women, mainly women all the time, and they say, I eat so good all day. You know, I have my breakfast, I have a nice lunch, and then the munchies creep in mm-hmm. right or right after dinner. I'm full. I'm not hungry, but I kind of am hungry. And that's where the sugar cravings come in. And that's because the cortisol is coming up in the evening. And when the cortisol comes up in the evening and we eat something with some sugar or carbs or salty, crunchy, is all that goes right to your waistline. So that's why people will tell me, well, I only eat a thousand calories a day, which honestly is not enough calories to be eating in a day. (laughs) We eat way more than that. But why am I gaining weight? And a lot of it has to do with that reverse diurnal curve of cortisol. Yeah, right. And that's, again, kind of a result of, you know, this very artificial world. Now people have iPads and computers and smartphones and all this electrical stimulation all the time. The brain gets good at something that it's forced to do. We are in American society. We're all very ambitious as a, as a society and we have no problem pushing ourselves, you know, go, go, go you know, overachievers get a lot of things done. What we don't do very well is we don't relax very well. We don't shut the power off uh, proverbially and literally we don't do that as much as we should. So there's no balance. So then it just goes awry. Uh, When it comes to sleep itself, talking about adrenals, when you need to sleep the most, you sleep the worst. So you're, it's like this dirty trick your body plays on. A lot of that has to do with this imbalance of cortisol, not necessarily that it's low or high, but that it's just shifted. Now it could be low. It could be high depending on the situation, but you know, the term, that's why we would both agree that the term adrenal fatigue isn't really quite the best descriptor. Now, the other side of the coin or the other part of that is that adrenal fatigue is not a diagnosis, right? You can't go to your primary care, your internal medicine doctor, your endocrinologist and expect them to understand what adrenal fatigue is. They kind of look at you funny, like you're crazy because it's not a legitimate diagnosis. It's not a supported problem or disease that anybody has. You know, you have to go see a, a doctor like you and I, for someone to understand what that even means. Because there's no magic pill or prescription that's going to all of a sudden make your adrenal fatigue go away. I wish they were. I mean, people be lined up down the street around the corner, but it's not like that. It's really, what would you say, maybe like multifactorial in terms of your approach on helping someone with adrenal fatigue. And there are a lot of practitioners that give a lot of supplements and a lot of, you know, adrenal glandulars, and, and those are good. We use those as well, but there's a whole lifestyle component too that, that people need to be aware of, like you had mentioned earlier about the over exercising. I mean, you know, as, as a female myself, you know, we're, we're very conscientious about, you know, our, our figure, our weight or whatnot. It's, is sometimes people will end up over exercising and they actually gain weight because, because of the adrenal, uh, the adrenal glands. Yeah. Right. I see, you know, I see kind of two ends of the spectrum. I see people that don't exercise at all. You can't get them to even move anything. You can't get them to go for a walk. You can't get them to, you know, do anything. And then there's the people that over exercise all the time right? When it comes to weight loss, and they're all doing it, of course, because they want to lose weight. They want to change their their shape, their figure. They want to you know, look better in a dress or a pair of jeans, whatever the case might be, which is completely fine. But there's this been, there's been this trend in, in fitness over the last several years 
that more is better, intensity is better, you know, boot camps, CrossFit, you know, all these kinds of things. I think that might be fine for a 20 year old or a 25 year old or maybe even a 30 year old. But as you get older, I think the rest and recuperation is actually more important. And that type, that type of really intense exercise is just another stress on top of all the other stresses that you have. And that's where it ends up being kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. That's where someone is exercising and trying to eat right and they keep gaining weight. You know, they're exercising too much. They're, you know, they're eating right and they, they are tired all the time. You know, if you're tired all the time and you're exercising more than three times a week, you know, you gotta, you gotta cut back. If you're engaging in these really, you know, you know, high endurance sports or really intense exercise, it's a matter of time before those things catch up with you. Yeah. So when someone come, you know, comes in and says that their, you know, their metabolism is really slow, it, it probably really is, but it's, where you have to treat it in a different manner. It's not calories in, calories out. So I'm just going to cut back my calories and lose some weight. That'd be awesome if the world worked that way, but it just doesn't. It's really, you know, working on those adrenal glands and working on the lifestyle and having the supplementation. And sometimes there's even some medications that we put along with that too. Right. Uh, now, another a component of talking about adrenals in general is you have to talk about insulin. Insulin and cortisol have a very, you know, kind of a opposite dance with each other. They're what they consider to be counter-regulatory hormones. You know, and insulin is a hormone that is associated with diabetes, polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, fatty liver disease, obesity. Insulin plays a role in, and it's well-documented, plays a role in a lot of different conditions and problems that people experience. And a lot of times adrenal issues tend to be blood sugar insulin problems and vice versa, because you can't have imbalance in one without having imbalance in the other. So one of the foundations of improving adrenal function is improving blood sugar and insulin regulation. And that means you got to get rid of the uh, processed carbohydrates. You got to get rid of the soda. You got to get rid of, you know, the alcohol. You got to get rid of the things that are going to have a negative impact. The high fructose corn syrup, you got to get rid of those things that are going to have a negative impact on blood sugar and insulin in order to properly address the adrenals. Uh, now you mentioned too, you know, there's some lifestyle things that go go on there. If the stress is not removed or changed or modified in some way, then nothing is really going to help, right? That's the only thing that you and I can't do for someone is we can't change their stress. There's not a supplement, a medication, a lifestyle modification that is going to change that unless they, you know, they they change it themselves, whatever that might be. Whether if they got a stressful job, get a new one. If you, you know, having marital problems, then you know, go see a counselor. I mean, there's and some of those ones, finances, jobs, and family are sometimes the most important or significant sources of stress in our lives. They affect us, you know, because you can't get away from those things, right? Those are on our mind constantly 24-7. That is being translated into a hormonal response that is further creating more and more imbalance and dysfunction. And you're absolutely right. And I understand there are some stressors that you really can't get rid of, or maybe there's an elephant in the room that's just going to stay there. It's trying to work around it. So that's that's why I feel like adrenal fatigue is one of the hardest things to treat because everybody is so different and there's not a you know a magic pill or a magic supplement that's gonna make it go away. There, you know, when you think about if you can, if you got a major elephant in your room and you can shrink it down or get rid of it, that's great. But if you can't, you gotta work around it. You had mentioned, you know, we we do have to cut out the sugar in our lives. We do have to cut out the processed carbohydrates and the soda and the high fructose corn syrup. But sometimes they're a little and coffee, caffeine, that's a huge one. But 
a lot of times they're a little bit of a crutch for people. If you take their crutch away, they fall down. So when approaching, that's why adrenal fatigue is so hard, is sometimes you do have to give them something that's going to help them feel better to be able to let go of that crutch. And for everybody, that can be something different. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. Those things become, our brain is very, uh, very clever. Sometimes, you know, unaware of how clever our brain really is. And it's looking for these things in our environment as a way to, like you say, kind of bridge that gap and get them through this stressful period, you know, whatever that might be. Another thing that you and I both noticed too, is that if you are going through a really intense situation, whatever that might be, maybe a loss of a family member, maybe a divorce, maybe a job change, maybe a relocation, you know, something like that, something that is life changing in some respects. Usually people feel relatively okay in the moment, right? They, their body just, their brain is in survival mode and you get done, you get get done what you need to get done, they usually don't feel, the they feel the worst usually six months to two years after the, the major stressor. Because once the adrenals have a chance to kind of relax a little bit, then there's this regression that happens and that's when the wheels fall off. I've talked to many people over there, and I know you have as well, that they're feeling fine, feeling fine, the stress goes away and all of a sudden now they have all these symptoms and problems that they never had before and they don't know where it's coming from. It's almost like out of the blue even though they had this major stressor six months or a year before that. And like I mentioned, you know, we can't just, adrenal fatigue really, adrenal insufficiency is really a big umbrella for a lot of different sort of, I guess you can call them, types of adrenal fatigue. Cause you're right. There's, there's the one, there's the one, you know, female that overextends herself is homeschooling is in women in charge of women's ministry is trying to e- exercise every day. That's, you know, that creates adrenal fatigue, but then there are those that have kind of an unavoidable traumatic experience that, you know, it's unavoidable. And then you see, you know, that, that can create adrenal fatigue. So there's so many different types and there's so many different treatments for it. And honestly, I think most of us have a little bit of adrenal fatigue in, in our country, every single person, that it's not something that you necessarily treat now I'm all better. It's always kind of a work in progress. It's always managing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just because of our, our world and our society is so artificial and we are being bombarded with all these different hormonal messages all the time and these stressors and stressors and stressors. And, you know, as, you know, as Americans, we tend to push ourselves you know, we tend to push ourselves a lot. We're very ambitious. We're very driven as a society, you know, always the bigger and better, the bigger house, the bigger car, the bigger this, the, you know, more money. And there's a sacrifice there. You know, there's a sacrifice and a lot of times it's going to be, you know, your adrenals are going to try to do the best they can with that, but there has to be balance somehow. And really the big part of that, the big, you know, the big way to offset some of that stress is making sure that you get a good night's rest. That's like foundational, but those other things need to be, you know, kind of removed or at least modified the refined carbohydrates, the alcohol, you know, the sugar, you know, all those things, because like I said, it becomes a, you know, when you're in a stressful situation like that, your brain is telling you to do all these things. You don't really want to do them. You know, you shouldn't do them, but in the moment you sometimes don't have a choice. You can't, you succumb a little bit too easily to the hormonal situation that's at hand. And you just end up making decisions that are probably not all that great for you that end up compounding themselves over time. But you know, a lot of that is happening to people because of they're just oblivious to what's, what their body's actually doing with a little bit of a knowledge, what we're talking about here. Now you can look at stressful situations and then begin to manage it a little bit better and then hopefully have a better outcome or maybe not that, you know, major downside. Cause like you said, we all have stress, right? You're a business owner, you have stress. You're an executive, you have stress. You have a mom with, uh, you know, two or three kids, you've got a lot of stress. You know, there's a, you know, I don't think anybody, you're a student, you have stress. I think everyone at all different age ranges in our lives have a tr- tr- tremendous amount of stress. Now, one thing that is interesting is the stress component relating to female hormone issues. Would you say that there's a connection there? 
What you mean, like having irregular periods, or were you talking fertility? Yeah. So, well, certainly fertility, but certainly, you know, looking at even at PMS and perimenopause oh. and the, the the progression of things, a lot of those problems that women deal with are related to having you know, stress issues first. I think it's the chicken and the egg because when, you know, our ovaries are changing our whole lives. So when they start to decline in function as in perimenopause or, or cease function completely in menopause, that puts a huge strain on the adrenal glands. But I have seen when someone has a lot of stress or a traumatic event, they can actually go into a premature menopause or a faux menopause earlier than you would naturally anticipate that menopausal, you know, for somebody to go through menopause or perimenopause. So you're right. There is definitely a chicken and the egg kind of deal going on there. Yeah, right. And, you know, for the younger woman that has, you know, PMS, you know, giving someone birth control isn't really the answer to that, right? You know, having a, just like we were talking about when you address the thyroid, you treat the adrenals. When you're dealing with female hormone uh, problems, you kind of want to, you know, at least address the adrenals a little bit. Uh, because there's usually a, a, some component there to some extent. Because the adrenals and the thyroid, they're upstream from the female reproductive hormones and also the male reproductive hormones too. So you chase your tail when you're trying to treat those reproductive hormones. Really, you want to come upstream, treat the cause, which is the adrenal glands and the thyroid, and then a lot of times you'll see those reproductive hormones just balance right out. Yeah, right. People, especially women, even men, you know, they're in that you know mid mid to late 40s, early 50s, mid 50s, you know, perimenopause, menopause, low testosterone for the men, they come in because of the, you know, because they see advertisements, they're looking for hormones, they're looking for the benefits, they're having hot flashes. But in reality, you know, I think both of our approach is we we tend to deal more on the metabolic side, the insulin, the cortisol, the thyroid. And then once you fix those, you have improvement and balancing on those side, then the, the female hormones or the sex hormones in general, male or female, tend to improve. That doesn't mean that you don't give them the bioidentical hormone replacement. You know, certainly that can play a role there. But the thyroid, which we've already talked about in the last episode, and the adrenals, they're you know, they're pivotal to someone feeling better. And I could go on for hours about female hormones. And actually, I think that probably would be a nice one of our future episodes is going into PMS. That's that's big. Absolutely. It's something that we'll definitely touch on because like I said just a second ago, you know, birth control is not really the way to treat that. There's plenty of other ways to handle someone that's having some, you know, debilitating PMS symptoms. Always the seven to ten days before and just putting someone on birth control is just a band-aid that doesn't really solve much. So any last comments or ideas or concepts to introduce about adrenal fatigue or you know, at least for now have we covered a, an overview of the situation? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we this is this is an overview. We could pro- in later episodes we'll definitely go over a little bit more of the nitty gritty with like we talked about the different types of adrenal fatigue, but definitely as, as an overview, like I said, I could just keep going. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and it's very, it's very controversial, but it's very complex. Next time when we come back around, we'll actually go into a little bit more of what they call the HPA access or the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access, which is a real big mouthful. And we'll save that for another episode and we won't have time to get into that. So for those of you that are new to our podcast, please visit iTunes. You can give us a review on there. It would be uh, much appreciated. It'll help us uh, get some more exposure, people able to find our show. And uh, if you'd like more information about us, you can visit our website at ProgressHealth.com. So until next time, thank you for listening. We'll catch you on another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at ProgressYourHealth.com.